Hi, this is Renee Christensen, author of Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids. And today I am here with Katie from North River Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. She is a children's minister there. And I'm very excited to talk to her about the few things that she's passionate about today. We're going to talk about family discipleship, how families can be mission-minded, and also the importance of counseling. So, Katie, tell me about your family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mom. uh... (laughs) Katie is actually my daughter. She's also a children's minister. So tell me about your family. Tell me about your siblings. (laughs) What Um, a wonderful mother you have. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I have have six siblings, um, and they're, you know, they're great. There's Kaylin, Kara, David, Michael, Johnny, Daniel. (laughs) Um, man, it was, it was really great, uh, growing up with them. It was like I had, uh, baby dolls that came to life. <laughs> we had, we had a lot of fun memories. We destroyed certain areas of the house, but, uh, <laughs> we had, we had a lot of fun growing up and, uh, man, I just, I really loved, um, being able to tell them stories and, um, I don't know, just spending time with them, I guess. And growing up with the farm as well, that was a lot of fun and having, uh, you know, extended family so close was, was pretty great. So yeah, that's my, that's my family. (laughs) And what drew you to children's ministry? When did you start feeling called to that area of service and Mm. what, what drew you to it? Why do you, why do you want to be a children's minister? It's a really great question. Well, before I share my story, let me just say for, for everyone listening that there is no specific call to ministry that's like the most exciting or like the correct one and honestly a lot of my fellow children's ministers did not feel this like very clear calling like what Mm -hmm. I had it was just something that the Lord laid on their heart and was in need and so they went into it and they're incredible children's ministers so I just want to say before I share my my story that Anyone can be a children's minister as long as they love the Lord and they love kids well. And it's what he's wanting you to do. Yes, and then he's wanting you to do. Um, So I actually uh, felt the call to children's ministry very early on in life. I was in um, fifth grade, and I'm sure you remember Bonnie. There was a special needs girl named Bonnie in our children's ministry. And, um, man, I, I taught myself sign language to start translating the sermons and the songs for her. And I remember I was reading in, um, in Nehemiah chapter 8 with my quiet time. And I mean, I remember God so clearly telling me that like what happened in Nehemiah chapter 8 was going to happen. And like, he was like, this is why you're here. This is your purpose um, on the earth to, to glorify me in this way is to make sure that families, uh, because for those of you who uh, who might not be familiar with Nehemiah 8, because it's a little more of an obscure passage in the Bible, um, it's whenever the Israelites have just come back to Israel and um, Ezra is standing before all of the people and he is reading them the scripture for the first time. And man, it's so cool to see because the, the Levites are there among the Israelites and it says that uh, everyone, the men, the women, and everyone who could understand they were explaining the passages of scripture too. Because, you know, if you're a child, whenever you're hearing them, the, the big words in scripture, it might not make sense. Um, so for God to tell me so clearly, I feel very blessed um, that, you know, he was like, this is what you're going to do. And I, I also feel blessed to have had so many uh, incredible mentors in my life that have just poured into me and just really reaffirmed 
that calling uh, because I, I'm pretty sure that most people ha- weren't able to serve at like so many churches at such a young age and get that that experience. Um, and not just churches too. I mean, like I was an intern at um, at some at some clinics as well, just trying to figure out what the Lord had for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, because you were always drawn to special needs kids mm-hmm. as a child. That's something that you've always been drawn to. Yeah, um, and refugees and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm different cultures. It's just something yeah. that you've enjoyed. You love being able to, to meet all children yes. <laughs> where they are, which I think is yeah. just a different thing about you that mm. I really admire and, oh, and like. So, <laughs> Thank th- you. so in fifth grade, you were reading the Bible yourself mm-hmm. and God was speaking to you. Yeah. I also love that because I think that it's just something that it's so important as soon as you can to be mm-hmm. able to start having a quiet time. I agree. And we really can start earlier than we sometimes realize. Oh, I, you know, you know I encourage our families at North River. I'm like, you can start with your babies. Yes. <laughs> like, they can't have a quiet time on their own. But, man, I have found some really incredible, like, board book resources. I think one of them is called, like, the ABCs of the Bible. And, I mean, it's just a normal board book, but every single letter is related to a Bible story, Mm -hmm. which is perfect for a baby because those are like the formative years of our life. And so if you're, if you're reading to your baby, any book, read them the other books too. That's great because they need those, but throw in a few Bible stories in there, throw in some Bible songs as well. Cause it just, it's so important. Yes. And (laughs) Katie is actually an amazing storyteller. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And so that's some, that's a way also. Mm Mm-hmm that you can share with children is through stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but I used to, I used to tell the, the kids lots of stories. <laughs> I definitely remember Katie would be able to keep the kids entertained and mesmerized for quite a bit of time. Yeah. So I could get a lot of things done. I could meet with other ladies. I could, yeah. <laughs> I could do things and all of the kids and whoever I was meeting with kids would just sit there and listen. It was <laughs> It was a blessing. <laughs> well, but I think if you look at history, I mean, people have told story and other important facts because stories and songs is really just such a great way for us to learn. Okay, so you've kind of started talking about some things that you recommend to families to mm-hmm. do. And I know that one thing that you're passionate about is family discipleship. Yes. So first, can you tell me just kind of what family discipleship is for yeah. anybody that might not know what that means? Yeah. Um, so I think discipleship as a whole, honestly, has been lost on our culture mm-hmm. um, just because we've we've sent our children to church and it's become like this thing uh, that the church is responsible for our children coming to Christ. And man, I really, it's a shame that we've done that. Um, because it's truly a family's job. So I would actually challenge the idea of being a children's minister and instead say we should be family ministers. Um, because without having family ministry, you can't have family discipleship. So family discipleship in my brain um, looks like you are helping your children come to know Christ truly know him and love him, not just a fire insurance salvation. And then instead of just, you know, dunking them and leaving them, so don't just baptize them and be like, all right, you're done. 
you have to continue to walk with them and show them what it looks like. Because honestly, a disciple, if we look at the Bible and what Jesus has done, what a disciple looks like is somebody who can replicate other disciples. So you want to make a disciple who can disciple others. Uh, And I think that the best way for families to do that is to show their children in their own lives. Um, so have a family time where you read the Bible together. Um, it doesn't have to be like this really big, important, like scary thing. You can read, like a lot of families read their children books before bed. You can do that. Some families sing their kids songs before bed. So you can like sing them a song about Jesus loving them. And then in the morning over breakfast, read something. Uh, and I know a lot of children's ministers send things home. I do with my families. I send them something on Sunday and Wednesday so they can keep doing what we're doing. Um, and not only do I send them that, but I send them like different activities to do at home. So there is a fun activity that goes along with the Bible story. And for families listening, Pinterest is a great place to look. <laughs> there, there are so many incredibly talented people on Pinterest that can match different um activities with things and I know that your book has some of those things as well (laughs) and um you know just just make it fun and 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 we also like I really encourage families to do missions-minded things together um because I think in the in a lot of cultures it is the family does things together and we need to come back to doing that here because um, if you are called to missions, it's not just you, it's you and your family. Like for example, I've got these incredible um, playing cards that a child of eight years old, she painted and drew, it took her a while, (laughs) but she painted and drew a Bible story on every single card. And man, that is a great way to get the Bible into closed countries. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, that's an eight year old who did that. And we were, I was showing you them earlier and they were amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll put, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so that Mm. people that were interested in those cards, because they are, it's, it's really neat. Each card you can look at it and tell what story it is. So mm-hmm. whenever you're playing cards with them and they ask about what the picture means, you can literally tell the story from the Bible about it. It's a very easy, non, um, non-invasive, just an yeah. easy way to bring it up in natural conversation it, yes, exactly. as you're doing something with your family and with your friends. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an excellent resource. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, honestly... It will also help you know your Bible a lot better <laughs> because uh, there is some, I guess, more like obscure ones that we don't talk about necessarily as much that are in there. And I think that that's really cool. So I also really do agree with what you're saying. Part of the thing I talk about in training them wisely discipling kids is that in America, I feel like we have developed this mindset where you want your child to learn to play basketball, you mm. send them to basketball camp. Mm-hmm. You want them to learn how to play soccer. You send them off to soccer. Mm-hmm. Whenever you want them to learn about God, you send them off to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. But it is our responsibility biblically. Mm. In Deuteronomy, it talks about how it's the parents' responsibility to teach their kids. Yeah. So I do. I go through and talk about that, but also mm-hmm. specifically what it says we're supposed to teach them. Yeah. Because I think in the Bible, it's very specific. It is. About what we are to teach our kids. And mm-hmm. whenever we're teaching them the things that biblically it says we're supposed to teach them, 
yeah. like we're doing it. And, and just like you said, and in, in, in that passage in Deuteronomy, it talks about when you sit down, when you rise up, mm-hmm. just naturally in your life. Because yeah. it doesn't have to be sit down, formal curriculum. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be relationships. Yeah. Conversations mm-hmm. that you're doing on a consistent basis. Yeah. Well, and something that I've, I've been talking with our parents about is your, your newborn baby. How do they learn to talk? They learn to talk by mm-hmm. watching you. Yes. How do they learn to do the dishes and the laundry? It's mm-hmm. They learn to do it because they're watching you and they're practicing mm-hmm. with you. We can't expect our children to read their Bibles and to come to know Christ and to be able to understand what they're reading. Because these are big words, you know, in the Bible. It, it's hard sometimes to understand if they're not watching you do it. Yes. Um, and there actually, there's a mom that I was talking to recently and she was like, man, Katie, it is so hard to have my quiet time with my children. She's a stay at home mom. And I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> it really is. Um, but let me just encourage those of you who are stay at home moms with like really young children. It can be really hard. It is really hard to have a quiet time with young children. Your quiet time might not look perfect while you have a baby and while you have toddlers it might look like a lot of prayers for like, Lord, please help me <laughs> with these kids. Um, but even just like continuing that important rhythm of sitting down and reading it and honestly reading it out loud. I remember yes. you reading the Bible out loud yes, um, and textbooks and things like that. Yes. Whenever you were studying yes. to and, us. Pr- and praying out loud. Because uh-huh. I did. I wanted to model it for you. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And mm. it showed the... Import, y'all knew the importance of it in yes. my life because you saw me doing it. Yeah, but again, making it fun because you don't it want it so to be fun. a chore. Like no. drawing the Bible pictures, that's something that I've been having the kids do. Like we read a story and then I have them draw it and then they swap stories with their friends. So if you have multiple kids, you can do this. Swap them with your siblings and see if you can figure out what story they were drawing. Yes, because we want them to want to do it on their own. We mm-hmm. want them to continue doing it on their own. And so it needs to be something that's joyful, needs to be something that's consistent. Mm -hmm. It's not that my children have the option to not spend time with God because they don't, (laughs) but they do have different personalities. Mm -hmm. And so they don't all do it the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to study differently. Mm -hmm. They're going to read differently. They're going to, it's, it's going to be different for each child Yeah, and it should be, Yeah, you know, and, um. So just to tailor it to each child, but to make sure that it does get done because it is important. Yeah. And I would just say for one more thing with family discipleship, um, memorization, memorizing scripture is so, so, so important. And man, let me just be honest. I have a really busy schedule right now. (laughs) Like I am, I'm helping in multiple ministries and everything. And, um, I'm even taking some classes <laughs> Yes. and it can be really easy to just let that slide because you're like, man, I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible, I'm doing all these things for God, but it is so important yes. to memorize scripture because whenever those hard day come and they will come, <laughs> your children having that knowledge and you having those scriptures in your brain, mm-hmm. it just really helps. And as a counselor, I'm just going to say it. It'll really alter the way you think. Yes, it will, because the Holy Spirit will bring those verses to mind. Mm-hmm. Memor- scripture memorization, you know, is by far the hardest spiritual discipline for me. Yeah. <laughs> and the one way that I consistently do it is by having a discipleship group with the women, mm. you know, by leading the discipleship mm-hmm, group mm-hmm. there, because we memorize a verse a day. Yeah. Um, a day. Goodness, a day. Wow, impressive. that's impressive. We, yeah, no, no. <laughs> not a verse a day, a verse a week, and mm. that's difficult mm. even for us to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but also, whenever I disciple my children and we 
memorize or are in the process of memorizing a book in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And they, um, the hard part with that, honestly, is that they can go so much quicker than me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I don't, I don't ever memorize quite as much as them, but just (laughs) to have that consistency with them, to have someone that's holding you accountable for Mm -hmm. it. And those scriptures that you memorized whenever you were a child, it is just different than the ones you memorized as an adult. Mm -hmm. In some ways, there is so much benefit. I will continue memorizing scripture. Um, Well, it's good for your brain, too, keeping it it healthy. Yeah, it is. Well, and I'll say this. um, I've tried doing the method that you're using to memorize scripture. It does not work for me. Um, What works for me is songs. Yes. So there's all these songs on the internet, and if there's not a song for the verse you're looking for, uh, man, I, I make one up. Yes. And <laughs> Sometimes there are, I make it There are out. so many different ways that people can memorize. That's why I have that whole chapter mm-hmm. in my book on mm. scripture memory, mm-hmm. so that I go through all the different ways that we do it. And that's just ways that I've seen, because I think even children can be different, you oh, know? Oh, yes. Very, and so as we've very. done Awana at church, just watching different mm-hmm. children memorize in different ways, watching my own children yeah. memorize in different ways mm-hmm. and then what works for for me yeah. is different than yeah than them as well everybody's brain is different it is so you yeah. pick which one works or mm-hmm. multiple ones that mm-hmm. work and and do those i like songs as well yes so the way that katie <laughs> is talking about that i memorize scripture and this really works for me the best is that i one of the ladies in my discipleship group reintroduced me to it because mm-hmm. i had not done it for a while since i was a child actually a teenager i would do it um but she drew pictures for most of the major words. And for some reason, I, it just clicked with me, and I was able to memorize the whole chapter easily from those pictures because I could see them yeah. in my head as I was yeah. going through the, the passage. And anyway, I mm-hmm. love that method now. Yeah. So that is my new method. So I have my, um, so I do them in different colors or try to perverse because <laughs> we're memorizing the verse a week. And rather than having the words, I've got my pictures. Mm. And the other thing is I can literally be quoting it because we'll say it to each other to hold each other accountable. Yeah. And I yeah. can just glance down because I'll be like, oh, what was that picture? Look uh-huh. down and then it'll, it, I don't know. To me, yeah. that's better than looking at the words. No, And then that's I can fair. just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's actually, there's a, there's a really great book um, out there. I think it's called Stick Figuring Storying or something like that. Where it's similar, but it's not memorizing the verses. It's memorizing stories, stories. in the Bible. You'll and have you to send figures. that to me as well yes. so I can put that in the show <laughs> Sorry, notes. guys. I'm, I'm dropping all these resources. <laughs> no, that's great. I love specific resources. Yeah. I love being able to, to, tell, to point people in different places for mm. things. And so family discipleship, do you have any other tips you want to give us about that? Because we'll go in a little bit into missions and counseling next. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, I think I'll just I'll just end on, on my top three things. Okay. I think that, um, like I said, memorizing scripture, reading your Bible as a family, praying as a yes. family. Those are like, honestly, my top three things. And it's going to look different for every single family. And honestly, you might not be able to do it every day because if you're both working and y'all are crazy busy, like start small because if you start small, then you can get bigger and it's yes. maintainable. Yes. You want to, you don't want to try to do so much that you cannot do it, mm-hmm. but you do want to be consistent. And so I think sometimes we can look at Pinterest type things, <laughs> yes. you know, which can yes. be a great resource. <laughs> it can be, uh-huh. but at the same time it can be too much. That's why in my book I talked about, I gave this whole long list, mm. but I've been a mom for 24 years. Mm. 
I'm going to be a mom for at least another 13 with kids at home. Mm-hmm. And so in 24 years, I've been able to do a lot of different things because I, you know me, I like to try different things. I don't like to get bored. We're going to do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that if I had one child, only you, I could have done all of those things. You know, 25 years? Yeah. I've been a mom for 25 <laughs> years. I forgot she turned 25. <laughs> Goodness, 25 years. <laughs> That sounds like a lot more than 24 for some reason. <laughs> it's halfway to 50. It's a, it's a quarter of a decade. Or no, She's aging of, me, y'all. Quarter of a century, goodness. Oh. So, yeah. I was trying to de-age you, but now you got older. Yeah, I did. <laughs> right, here's what talking. <laughs> but yes, just being able to use those different mm-hmm. resources and giving yourself grace. Yeah. And look at your time during the day. How yes. are you spending it? Mm-hmm. Because... How much of it could possibly be wasted where it'd be an easy exchange for something that has eternal value? Um, Or what things are you just naturally doing if they're little kids, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're eating, when you're putting them to bed, when they're in the car, things like that, that you're just naturally doing anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, That could be the time to get it in because then it's consistent. Yeah. And you can even have like, you know how some people have like the junk drawers I, whenever I was a nanny, I would have my, uh, I guess my resource drawer. (laughs) And if you can make your resource drawer about Jesus and have like a Bible drawer or something like that so that you can just grab it naturally Mm -hmm. in your schedule, man, it makes life a lot easier. I put, I am a huge advocate for boxes. (laughs) And what do you put in those boxes? What would be some suggestions? Um, I think Play-Doh. Um, so that they can have like a tactile learning and be like, hey, I'm telling you the story about, um, well, let's pick an easy one, Jonah and the whale. Yes. Uh, can you make a whale while I'm telling you this story? And then they're going to remember it better. Or if you're talking about Jesus and the storm, maybe have some whipped cream in there. Uh, put some crayons, some paper, so that they can like draw the story as you're talking. Because you just want to keep them engaged. Yes. Because a lot of Bibles um, don't have pictures. And so if you don't have a picture Bible... Using those things that you already have around the house can be so helpful. Even um, using like the little the little people and having them act out the story to you, or you can like uh, summarize the story, but go ahead and have your Bible out so they know it's coming from there, and be like, okay, well let's play this together. Um, or even I've done it where I just had two sheets that were different colors. And one sheet was one character in the Bible and the other sheet was the other. And I just took turns with the kid as to which one we were. (laughs) So Katie is very creative artistically and storytelling wise. Uh, So those just sound exactly (laughs) like what you would put in your box. I love it. Yep. I love it. And so the other thing that you're, a couple of other things you're passionate Mm. about, wanted to talk about. Yeah. So being missionally minded as a family, you've already mentioned that whenever your family... Mm-hmm. All of you can minister together. Yes, absolutely. So just talk to us more about being mission-minded as a family, how we can do it, what it might yeah. look like, suggestions. Yeah. Well, I think, honestly, um, every single family is called to a different area. And I hesitate to use the word called mm-hmm. because I feel like it's become such this big word where you're like, oh, I can't do anything for God unless I've been called because I'm just waiting. But all of us have instructions all in the us. Bible to do yes. things, to go all make disciples. All of us have been called. To, yep. So if you're a parent, you're called to disciple. Yes. But even, even more than that, as believers, we are called to share the gospel. Always. Always. And so I would encourage you, as you're looking at being a missionally minded family, look at the circles around you naturally. So for me, I have a lot of neighbors who are not saved. Um, you might also have neighbors who aren't saved. Your kids, if they go to public school, 
or or Christian school or, or Christian school or, or, or school, private honestly. school or homeschool. They're around people who may not know Jesus or may mm-hmm. think that they do know Jesus, and they just really aren't sure of what that means. Um, and then if you don't have anyone in your life who is not a believer, um, which can be possible, um, I would really encourage you to go out and find some people. It doesn't have to be a lot. It can be two or three. Find some people as a family. Have them over to your house. Talk to your children about it beforehand um, and be like, okay, this is what we do. This is why we're doing it. We are a family doing this. And give your children some small tasks to help them you know, serve others in your home as they're coming in and be like, okay, they're having kids over. Can you play with them and talk with them about like just some fun things going on in your life? Just love on them for now. They don't have to share the gospel. If they do, that's great, but they don't have to. Um, there's, if you, if you have homeless people around you, you can package a box together and leave it in your car and hand that out. Um, you can go to, um, different like shelters and help serve food as a family. Um, honestly, if you just go to the park, man, and play with your kids, there is always someone there that you can expand your circle with and just love on them and, and show them what the love of Christ looks like. Because so often people don't understand what that means. Mm -hmm. You can be the person that shows it to them with your family. Um, so just, just think about that and in the small areas that you're in and, um, and figure out ways that they can help. Because kids can always do something. They can. <laughs> so yeah. you also, you have two master's degrees. Tell mm-hmm. us what those two degrees are in. Uh, so I have one in education and counseling. And counseling, yeah. Okay. And counseling mm-hmm. is something that you wanted to speak to us about as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, man, counseling is so important. Um, there are so many broken families and so many blended families um and just so much trauma in today's world and i don't say i don't say trauma to scare anyone because i know that trauma everyone's like oh i don't have trauma uh but man trauma can be anything um anything that has caused a biological or chemical change in your in your brain which i mean it can be something that you don't even realize is is trauma, but it's so important, especially um, for children who maybe you're fostering, uh, children you've adopted, or even children who, um, who, who've gone through a blended family change. Um, it's so important to get them counseling, and it's not because they're broken. It's not because they're different, um, but instead it's because you want to help them be the best them that they can be. And if counseling makes a difference between them having a meltdown later on in life because they had never dealt with something um, versus them being able to deal with it now and just be in a better spot for it. Um, it can mean the world of difference, honestly, for, for families. And I think that um, it can really help reassure parents and help them learn how to love their children um, in the ways that, like, maybe they needed in a different way. I don't know how to say that, but... (laughs) Be able to show their children love in a way that they can understand that it's love, perhaps. There it is. My mom's translating my English. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it, it can be really important. And honestly, I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate for play therapy, um, which 
it takes a lot longer to see results in play therapy, but it is a lot less aggressive. And um, honestly, I've used play therapy on adults <laughs> um, because it's 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 an easy way to get people to open up um, and talk through things because they're distracted with something else. You know. So for people that don't know, what is play oh, therapy? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, play therapy is exactly like it sounds. Uh, you get down and start playing. And then you talk about things while you're playing. And honestly, I feel like there's something that's just so uh, reminiscent of childhood. And just kind of like, uh, I hate to say it like this, but for lack of a better word, like a safe place. Um, whenever you get your hands in Play-Doh <laughs> um, or whenever you're you're building with Legos or playing something simple like Uno, um, man, it just takes you back to a time that was happy and you can just chill uh, and and talk about some deeper things. Um, it's, it's truly incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's your favorite verse right now that you are enjoying? I try to ask everybody about that. So what is your... <laughs> favorite verse currently man um i i'm really loving this verse in acts um it's acts 4 12 uh and it says and there is salvation in no one else for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved um i just really love that one because i think it it speaks to how incredible our God is, you know, he is the one God, the, the one. one savior and yes. the only way to heaven. Yes. Um, and man, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. That God just sent his son to fix our mess up, mm -hmm. um, in just such a beautiful way. It just blows my mind. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So is there anything else, any other tips, advice, wisdom that you would like to share about discipling kids? You know, I think, um, I'll say this. Every parent wants what's best for their kid. Yes. Every parent wants to love on their child and just wants them to be the best that they can be. So, um, pray for your kids. Yes. Prayer so is important. the foundational work. Um, and honestly, I've said this to so many, so many people, <laughs> If you are loving your child and praying for them, you're doing a great job as a parent. Mm -hmm. Doing a great job. Yes, because whenever we're loving, then our motives are right. Mm -hmm. We're putting them first. We're really thinking about what it is that we're doing. And, um, and you're right, just praying for them as well. That's why the entire first half of my book is actually about the parent's relationship with God mm -hmm. in prayer, yeah, in discipleship, in reading God's word and studying it for mm -hmm. themselves mm -hmm. because that's where it has to start. That's where they imitate from us. Yeah. And they're going to imitate us. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what we do. We're mm -hmm. the ones that have that relationship with them. Yeah. And just as we have that loving relationship right. with them, yeah. we can disciple them and pour into them. But we have to have something to pour in. Yes. That's why we have to be yes. discipled ourselves first. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I do, now that you've said that, I want to say one more thing about counseling. <laughs> um, I think in today's world, there's a lot of questions about gender. I think there's also a lot of questions about identity and, um, man, like just how to use technology with your family. Yeah. Um, and so I'll say this counseling can be a great resource for that. And I'll give you a couple of other books as well that I think are, are some of the best child friendly, like the kid can read it <laughs> on, um, on gender because it is, it is so important to understand your identity 
is found in Christ, Christ and no one else. And that's part of the yes. reason why I've been stuck on this verse in Acts. <laughs> yes, it is. And the entire, I think it's the last chapter in my book. I go through mm-hmm. almost a hundred different things that we are or can be in Christ mm-hmm. because the devil wants to confuse us about things. But the truth is in Christ. So, absolutely. So I always ask everyone to what one of their favorite things is as they read the book. But what's funny is you is that I actually raised you <laughs> on the principles that I wrote about in this book. And yeah. what's really funny is that so it, it actually just thrilled my heart to hear you saying some of these things. Mm. Because honestly, it's a lot of what I said to you growing up and tried to do growing up. And what I wrote about in Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids, which I know that you have read. Mm. It's probably been a little bit because you were read, read it early. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what y'all can't see is she's tearing up a little bit as she says that she's having a very proud mom moment. <laughs> <laughs> so in Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids, mm. what is something that you think is helpful to parents. Yeah, man, I think, um, I think just having all the different lists of things is really important because like you said, there's no one specific way that works for everyone. So I think having all of the different, um, all of the different lists in the different areas is, is really helpful because if one doesn't stick to the wall, you might as well throw a bunch to the wall, right? (laughs) (laughs) So in the last half of my book, I've got different ways that you can work on scripture memory. Mm love, um, how to have a quiet time as a child, Mm -hmm. um, and specific things that I try and teach them by each age from birth to grown. Yep. And so, yeah, those lists have just been, because I have so many children with so many different personalities, and not only that, I have worked with kids for over 20 years, and all types of kids, Mm -hmm. kids that have no income and live in very dangerous areas, to kids that are incredibly wealthy, to refugees with trauma that have come over and didn't mm. even speak English at first. Um, and so just working with this many kids has just given me a toolbox of ideas to use. So, yeah, yeah, I like this. I like the list as well, obviously, because I wrote them. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Katie, my daughter, <laughs> for talking to us. I really appreciate it. We also have another podcast, and that is Walking Through Paul's Letters, where each day, Monday through Saturday, we read a chapter from one of Paul's letters and talk about how we can apply it to our lives. So if you haven't checked that one out, I would love it if you would head over and follow us there as well. Also, Training Them Wisely, Discipling Kids is out. came out last month. You can find it on Amazon. So if you don't have a copy of that book, head on over and check it out.